hello and welcome into episode 39 of the FJ Pod. Uh, today, as you can tell, is that time of the season, sticking with more NBA in a little NFL draft recap. Uh, Going to be previewing the Lakers Warriors series, uh, as well as giving our takes for all the current series going on as well. So buckle up and let's get right into it. All right, Jake, welcome in, welcome in. Uh, we're going to save your uh, sadness and dismay uh, for a little bit, give you some time to to warm up a little bit. So I figured we could start off with a little Warriors-Lakers uh, preview uh, and a little bit of a recap uh, of watching Seth Curry go absolutely nuclear in, a, in Game 7 in Sacramento. Um, they were the underdogs going into that game. Uh, granted, just by a point and a half, but road underdogs, they were an awful road team the entire year, um, and Stephen Curry uh, just broke the NBA record for most points in a Game 7, put 50 points on the board, and it was an excellent excellent display of shooting, um, of toughness, because it was back and forth in the first half, um, but really in that third quarter, as Looney has 21 rebounds. Um, and 10 offensive rebounds. I believe Looney had seven alone in the third quarter. Him and Curry absolutely took over in the third quarter, and the Kings just could not get it going. Um, Kings shot the three ball 12 of 47 for 25% in the game, um, and Curry and the Warriors down 2-0. They win three straight. They inexplicably blow game six at home. Uh, but then they take care of business on the road in Game 7. So, Jake, what were your thoughts um, on Curry's uh, Game 7 in Sacramento? Uh, one of the most impressive performances I've seen uh, this year. Uh, it was it was clinical. It was surgical. Uh, it's everything you've grown to expect from Steph Curry. He doesn't put up these... He doesn't put up these, like, 70-point barrages. He just absolutely picks apart defenses in the most precise way. Um, and it's beautiful to watch. And it's, it's, it's downright impressive. Um, even, even on 30-point nights, he, you, if you're watching these games, you can see it. The way that he attacks a defense and goes about his kind of ability to just scramble around the court nonstop. It breaks these teams down. Even the best defenders, it breaks them down. Nobody is equipped to deal with it. And it's, it's hard not to say it's hard not it's, it's hard to, I shouldn't say it. It's hard not to say it because I don't, I don't think he's the best point guard ever, but if somebody was to say, Hey, Steph Curry is the best point guard of all time. It, it would be very hard for me to say that they're wrong. Yeah, especially what he, he did last year, uh, winning his fourth title. Granted, it was, I mean, it was a first-round matchup. We'll see. We'll talk about the, the Lakers matchup here in a second. But, um, you know, beating this team from being down 2-0. And it was very clear Clay did not have anything to offer in this game. Wiggins was pretty much a no-show. Um, and 
Him and Looney really just took over the game. Um, I think Looney was the second best player on that team the whole series. Yeah, with with Clay's Clay has been he had Clay had a really good regular season, um, but he just looked so out of it. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. <laughs> we know he's stepped up in big occasions before, um, but he has had duds in the in the past uh, in big games, but. It was early. Curry was going to have to shoot the ball a lot. He shot, shot it 38 times. Um, made some fantastic plays. Finishing around the rim. And, I mean, it's easy for us to just sit here uh, and bask in his shooting. It actually pains me that I have to hate this guy. Um, but I know you have to hate him as well. Because, um, you know, having this... Being able to watch the best shooter ever... Um, but hoping he misses every shot, it is a bit tough. Because they're going to go in more than not. Uh, so this sets up um, a fantastic series well, with the Lakers. But before we get there, Jake, uh, I do want to touch on the Kings a little bit. Um, blow a 2-0 lead. Um, they couldn't win uh, Game 3 or Game 4. And it really looking back at it, that Barnes missed 3 uh, to win Game 4 was pretty much the series. Um, they, they, to me, they should have won the series. Uh, we talked about it after Game 2, especially going into Game 3, with Draymond being suspended. It's like, if you lose this series, this is almost catastrophic. It's obviously still not a failure of the season. You broke the NBA's longest playoff drought. Um, you got to host the Game 7. You almost took you took the defending champs to the 12th round. Um, but this is a series they should have won. They're going to look back at this uh, with a lot of regret that they didn't win Game 4 uh, and they couldn't close the deal in Game 7. Yeah, if anything, but this is where my issue stems with Sacramento and them not following through in the playoffs this this season. Do you feel like this team is poised to get better than Uh, how they played this year? It is interesting. Fox will get better. Um, Monk, I'm sure, will get better. Um, but Kevin Herter had a bad yeah. series. Uh, Keegan Murray will definitely get better. Keegan Murray played oh, great yeah. throughout that entire series. Uh, I think he had one or two bad games. But Keegan Murray will definitely get better. But it touches on your point of, you know, they were letting Sabonis take 12-footers the entire series. And Sabonis half the time wasn't even looking at the basket. Um, kind of with the Cavs and Jarrett Allen, I know the Kings kind of are going to kind of have a Sabonis question here. Um, cause I told you going into the series, I, I picked the Warriors, um, in six to begin the, to begin, um, the series. Cause I told you the green on Sabonis matchup was going to be a problem. Uh, and green absolutely manhandled them. And then yeah. on, top, on top of that, Looney did as well. Um, so it is interesting to see what their ceiling is with the Sabonis type player, um, because, I believe his. I believe he had like sixteen, six, and five in the first half, and then ended up with like sixteen, seven, and six. Um, he completely no showed the second half, and he can get obviously as you see in the third quarter, he just got absolutely dominated by Looney, um, and had stretches where he was almost unplayable because he can't stretch the floor. Um, I did, they're definitely gonna be get better um, as Murray and Herder, Monk and Fox you know, improve. Uh, but it is interesting to see what they will do with Sabonis there. 
I think I think that's I mean I think they're missing a true center. That's what it feels like they lack on the defensive end. And defense is Defense and offensive consistency lost them this series. Harrison Barnes, I don't think, can cut it as no. a starter in the league. Because he, and, I mean, his calling card was defense, and now he's everyone can get by him, so it's it's kind of pointless. Yeah, and if you if you just fill his lull, uh, his his time with Trey Lyles and get that rebound rebounding in your starting spot, you're better off. Like you would have been better off. It's, and then with Harrison Barnes, he's a year older. He's a year worse. He's yeah. not getting. He's not going to be getting better. But they still. And have, then Delvadova, Delvadova yeah. another one of your valuable role players. He's going to well, be thirty-three or 30, oh god, thirty-four. Delvadova didn't even play a second of the series. Yeah, right. I don't think he um, did play the series at all. No. So a valuable role piece, not there. But they have Davion well, Mitchell. I, I should say veteran uh, piece, not. Well, they like still a have. Veteran. They still have Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis. Uh, they have the pieces in place. They relatively have all of their picks still. So they're going to be able to make a, make a move if they want to, or they can keep the core together. Um, but overall, still a really good year for the Kings. Uh, it was unexpected. The light, the beam was fun, uh, but they just couldn't get it done in Game 7. Um, so poor one out for the Kings. Um, and then moving on to uh, the Lakers and... Warriors preview here as we're shooting this Tuesday night around 6.30. Tip off there uh, on the East Coast about 10 o'clock um, tonight for Game 1 in Golden State. Uh, we get LeBron versus Curry, Part 5. Um, it's going to be a hell of a series. These are probably, it took them five tries, but these are probably the most evenly matched LeBron and Curry teams. Um, I mean, the first few. Yeah, Love and Irving were hurt. And then the one time that they were reasonably close, they the Cavs won. Uh, if you don't know, the Cavs came back um, from a 3-1 deficit to win an NBA championship. Um, that made then made Steph and all of them go cry to, in the Hamptons to get Kevin Durant to join them. Uh, and then they add Kevin Durant, and those teams were obviously um, stacked. Um, and those teams were not close. <laughs> Uh, in comparison, and now we get it now, where you, you know, you're gonna have an Anthony Davis who, for the most part, Jake, we can start there. You know, Kevon Looney going up against Sabonis is is one thing, um, and Anthony Davis and LeBron kind of had their way with the Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson. Um, and I know Draymond is Draymond's really good defensively, but I think Anthony Davis is in for a, a, an absolutely huge series. Uh, what do you He's think? Going to the buffet. Anthony Davis is going to the buffet. I don't think they have anything to throw at AD that will be effective while also not destroying them around the perimeter. Because as soon as you throw Kevon Looney and Draymond Green on AD, the difference in the Lakers squad is the Lakers have dogs. Straight dogs that can spread the floor. Yep, Reeves is a dog. He's not missing some of the shots that Kevin Herter is going to miss. Yeah, uh, if Jared Vanderbilt, um, he'll. I'm assuming he's going to be on Curry at stints, their best defender. 
Um, I know he matched up with Ja, and it, it didn't go that great. But him, him and Ja, are, Curry and Ja are two different players. Um, you're not really going to stop either of them, but contain them, um, force them into you know double teams. I'm sure they'll be able to do that. Um, but like you touched on, the Lakers have dogs. They have little role players. Um, that even off the bench, you could have the random Rui Hachimura game. You could have the Austin Reeves game. I know he he starts for them, but um, they have a lot of options. They're very malleable. Um, And I I think the X factor for me in this series um, is going to be on the Lakers. Uh, And it's going to be D'Angelo Russell. Can he give you 20 20 points and 6 assists a game? Can he be that scoring point guard they're going to need? Because we've seen him before. He's not the most consistent player at all. Um, you know, he's like a James Harden light, uh, in terms of like inconsistencies, obviously he's not the star James Harden is, but just kind of getting along the lines of he'll have a really good game and go eight of 12 and the next game can do your, your patented two of 15. Um, so can they have, you know, consistent play at the point guard position? Uh, and then also can AD and LeBron stay healthy? Uh, and, I, and again, this is a short commute for both teams. It, uh, again, well, not really. Again, Lakers played in Memphis, but for the Warriors at least, um, another short commute. So the travel time isn't going to be, you know, a lot. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to go Lakers in seven. I'm going to go Lakers in seven because I'm just not sure what you're going to get out of Clay and Wiggins anymore. Um, Clay's going to need to go have a couple six, seven, three-point games. Who's Wiggins stopping? He's going to stop somebody, but can he also follow it up and give you anything offensively? And I'm just not sold on anyone on the Warriors bench. DiVincenzo is so hit or miss. Jordan Poole is the league's worst perimeter uh, guard defender. It takes out Seven of the worst shots I, I see every game. Uh, flails around like a big phony. Can't stand Jordan Poole, if you can tell. Um, he's just not a good basketball player. So I, I, I'm not sold on the Warriors bench. Uh, and then well, I'm pulling for the Lakers, but it is Curry, as we just saw. So he's probably going to win them two games by himself. So how do you see it out playing out, Jake? The, the Lakers are so much bigger off the bench than the Warriors are too. And I don't have enough faith in DiVincenzo and and uh, Jordan Poole to come off and be spark back for that team against the Lakers who just since the trade deadline have been a better team than pretty much anybody in the West. Um, they've been just playing more consistent basketball every single game. Um, Their defense seems to be getting an identity. They've started to kind of utilize players in consistent fashion. They have players that are going to be getting the one, who are going to be getting the number one option every time. Vanderbilt is that guy. I mean, he is a really good defender. He he is an X factor in this series for me. I don't know if they're going to be primarily using him against Wiggins or if they're actually going to send him down to guard Steph. Whether or not they do, I don't... There's going to be so much switching in this series 
and just in I mean in basketball in general now, there's not really any really prime defender because people just hunt players like Steph and I mean other series you'll see like players like Tatum, they hunt the switch. That's oh God. what they go for. Oh, every yeah. every time they go down the court, that's what they're looking oh, for. Oh that's that's just basketball in a nutshell. Exactly. And that's how the way things work now. So I don't having saying who's the one defender and who's not doesn't really matter anymore because team defense is what matters. And Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt, AD, and Reeves. That is a three-headed monster of a really good defensive team. Um, and I think that they have the ability to put a fight up against the Warriors at a better capacity than what the Kings could just because of their defensive capability and size. I think size is going to be what wins this series for the Lakers, who I think will take this in seven. Yeah. Uh, and I also just kind of think, you know, we can get do all the X's and O's. I just think the Lakers are better. Uh, they have more dudes I trust in a seven-game series. Um, and that's yeah. kind of kind of the simple breakdown. Um, I just trust their dudes a lot more. Um, and it looks like the winner of this series is going to be facing, as of now, we'll touch on Denver-Phoenix in a little bit, but it looks like it's going to be facing Denver. So we'll see how the West goes. We're going to take our first break and come back with the Eastern Conference uh, and Jake's Boston Celtics. Oh, boy. Right after this. All right, Jake. I know it's, you know, troubling times for you at the moment. Um, you know, the Bruins just collapse. Um, best hockey team ever was at 65 uh, wins. Um, low 3-1 lead. Uh, blow a 3-1 lead to a team that barely even made the playoffs. Um, blow a 3-2 lead in Game 7 with a minute left. Um, I think it's, how does it get worse than that? Um, nothing really, but how we could follow it up with a stinker. Um, no Joel Embiid for Game 1. 10-point favorites at home. 10-point favorites. And I, I'm still sitting here. I rewatched the highlights a couple times. Uh, first time I watched him was out of, if you don't know me, Hugh James Harden stan. Uh, watch it out of the James Harden perspective. And I was like, my guy finally went off. 45 points, uh, six assists, had a great game. Uh, shot making, difficulty, uh, level of difficulty of shot making he had uh, was fantastic. Uh, and then the second time I watched it uh, was from the Boston's perspective of how did we lose this game? Um, Shot 17 of 20 in the first quarter. Uh, probably should have been, you know, 32-15. Uh, instead, the Boston defense, you know, I've heard all year long, just right for Robert Williams, just right for Robert Williams. Um, didn't didn't notice him a whole lot, if I'm being honest. Um, and Boston gets up in the second quarter, up uh, up at uh, one point, I believe it was 62-50. Tatum got cooking, cooking in the second quarter. I think he made three or four threes in the second quarter alone. Um, and again, that's another point where you have a 12-point lead with about four minutes left in the half, and you let Philly cut it to three. So now we have a game. And you let these dudes hang around. You know, uh, Patrick Reed, great game. Uh, DeAnthony Melton got going. Tobias Harris and Maxi, uh, Maxi specifically um, had a great game scoring the ball, and then you get timely buckets um, from your other guys, and then you let Harden 
get loose. I don't know. I don't know how you don't send a double team on that last play, as we just touched on with the with the uh, Lakers Warriors. It was it was so obvious. He was just hunting for a switch, um, and he got what he wanted. Al Horford. It wasn't even that bad of a contest, honestly. He was there in position. Uh, it was actually pretty good defense by Horford. Um, but how you don't make someone else beat you um, is a bit baffling, and I. I still don't know how Boston lost this game how with how well they shot the ball. Uh, but late game execution and, you know, just piss poor defense. You, you piss away a couple Atlanta games. Um, and, yeah, I don't, this is, this is so open for Boston to, at worst, just make the finals. I'm not saying you have to, it'd be a, a failure if you lost the finals. Uh, but with no Bucks, Bucks already bounced out. You have the Knicks and Heat playing on the other side of the bracket um i know you've had your struggles with both of them but come on now uh, you'd have home court and then you get the matchup that every boston fan wanted uh, we want philly it's easy no mb 10 point favorites you lose game one tell me your thoughts jake warm up it's a warm up no i'm just i'm just messing no so I, the first point i'll touch on is the harden uh uh, play for the end of the game. That's so, my guy. That's my guy. He finally had one. I get that Horford is a great defender, especially for his age. And he was having a really good game. <clears throat> he had like two clutch blocks down the stretch. He's playing his off. Why? I don't understand why you don't take a guy off like b-ball paul or pj tucker whichever one of those assholes was out here out there and throw them on the double i don't care if they get inside for a quick two you don't give james harden the three to end it it's absurd it was bad basketball the celtics this year have made it a pattern they cannot close out close games they cannot we did it once against Atlanta. We have no capability of winning games down the stretch and it is it pisses me off. I don't understand what the solution is for it because it's all mental mistakes. The defense is still there. It's not great. Robert Williams, to touch on your point about Robert Williams, he has not been explosive since he came back. He hasn't had that explosive block blocking ability. He's been meh at best on the boards, but he has not been the defender that he's been his whole career. That's just a fact. And that's causing us to play way worse. The defense, I'm not saying our team has stellar defense. I'm saying it's a defense that you can put some, you can, you can rely on in a pinch. It hasn't been there. All playoffs, other than Derek White and Al Horford, it hasn't been there. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, smart plays, again, in crunch time over Derek White. Um, especially in... Derek White was having a bad game. Well, I, I, I get it. And smart is a, better, a much better passer and playmaker on the offensive end. Um, but you know late in games, I mean, you can make offensive and defensive substitutions. Like, you can get Derek White out there late, take a timeout, and put Smart back in there. It's stuff, it's little things like that I just don't really get. Um, and you have a great team, um, but you're having these situations with a first-time coach. You know, I've seen it before with David Blatt. Um, thought he was going to take a rebuilding Cavs team. Oh, okay. oh, wait, we're getting LeBron back, and now you're 
you know, in these high-pressured game playoff games, and you know, some of these coaches just aren't ready to be thrown in the fire. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure what it is um, on that side of it, because it, it, it seems for me in the second half of last year's season, Ime really had that team locked in, um, and these dudes have been around the block. They've played in huge games before. They shouldn't need a coach to get them hyped up, um, but. They should. The team should be a bit more locked in on the defensive end. Robert Williams is your most is your like greenest player on this team. Like like Tatum and Brown, yeah, they're both fairly young. They have been in the league forever. And since the beginning, they've been in big games. <laughs> yeah, and it's like your your young guys, your Grant Williams and your uh, Peyton Pritchard aren't playing. No, nor should so they. You're but, not, yeah, it's guys that should have enough veteran experience to know that at the end of the game, the other team is going to more than likely, if it's a close game, if they are down, get a spurt of energy and play with a little bit more pizzazz. But guess what? The Celtics have not have they've not countered it. We gave it. We did the same thing in Game Three and Game Five. Game Five in the, the Hawks series, we had late leads. Or we were down close late. I think game three we were down we were down two points with three minutes left, and then three points with like one and a half left. Like we were close at both points. Game five we have the lead going in well into the fourth quarter, and we're looking we're looking great. We don't close out. We don't play any defense to end the games. We rely on offense. We rely on Tatum and Brown to take over. And I think a lot of the blame for that is not to be had on Tatum and Brown. I think it, a lot of that blame is to be had on the guys like Brogdon and Derek White and Marcus Smart and Al Horford and Rob Williams. I want them to be taking late game shots. I want them to feel confident enough that they can also be the closers for this team. Because once we start relying on JB and Tatum, you see what happens. They get one side. They get so like blind to everything around it. it's like you put horse blinders on a stallion it's like yeah they're gonna run straight but they're not gonna see when a team's about to pass them on their right well i disagree with that notion uh, i get what you're talking about where you want everyone on the floor to be comfortable shooting the ball um but i want the my best players to have the ball drawing up the last play down two for a mark is smart they sure but but. for the final eight minutes well, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the the whole offense was, you know, in shambles. Jalen Brown had a great start, uh, and then ended up with three shots in the last three quarters of the game. He had seven shots in the first quarter, um, was six of seven, uh, and then ended up in the second, third, and fourth quarter taking a total of three more shots. Um, that's a little bit. That's a little bit on everybody. That's on the coaching staff for not just getting him the ball. That's on him for not demanding the ball a little bit. Um, and that's a little bit on the point guard of not saying, Hey, JB needs a look, uh, let's get an action here for Jalen Brown. Um, so a stunning, stunning loss. Um, you know, the Harden fan club, I'm the leader of the Harden fan club. Uh, we've been laying in the weeds a little bit, waiting to pick our spot. Um, but it, it, I'm happy that we, you know, we're able to have a successful game one. Um, I've seen a lot of people now, um, say the Sixers should just punt on game two. Um, I disagree. I, I think if Embiid is, is able to play, I, I would play him. Um, there's going to be so much pressure on Boston to win this game too. 
Um, and you, I, I, I think the majority of people would be expecting a Boston, um, you know, a smoke blowing them out in game two. Um, but if you put Embiid back in there, uh, and Philly has, you know, a six, seven point lead late in the game or throughout any stretch of the game, you know, the, the pressure on Boston to not drop the first two um, is going to be really high if you play Embiid. So that's why if he's able to play, I, I understand why you could wait till Friday now and buy him three or four more days. Um, but just punting on playoff games, uh, I'm just not a fan of. Just giving 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 a team um, a pretty much free win. I understand you ha- you got home court, you did what you needed, um, but you're playing with house money for game two. You already got the game you you really wanted. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what adjustments both teams make. Uh, whether Embiid is able to play or not in Game Two, or they wait to Game Three, but um, I'm really, really mad at myself for not picking Philly to win this series. Um, but I got to own it now. Uh, so, do you think overall, uh, Jake, is it going to be a six-seven game series now, depending with Embiid's back, or you know, if these late-game struggles still happen, could you potentially see Philly winning the series? Yeah, so I mean that's really it. If if the games if the games are close, Philly can take this to seven. They can and they can win. But the Celtics the Celtics have the ability to to blow this team's doors off. Like the Celtics have much so much more bench scoring. They have the ability to go out and make stretches where Embiid's off the court. And hardens off the court and make runs, and they don't. And and now they're going to have the ability to prove that, you know, other outside of just one game. But whether or not they will, I don't have supreme confidence. Um, but I, I don't want to overreact to one bad game because they they have consistently been a team the last two years that fight back really hard after they have bad games. Um, so so I, I'll still go with the Celtics to take the series. I still think they take it in six, to be honest. I don't, I don't think that meant... I don't think that loss meant so much to the series that they can't still win it dominantly. But it gives the 76ers such a, a, a one-up. I mean, if, if they win game two, this series is flipped on its head, undoubtedly. Oh, if they win game like, two, it's if, over. If they if they win game two, I I would go and venture to say Philly in six five or six. That's how drastically that's how important this next game is. Yeah, that's why you know I, I I'm just you know see if you can get them on their back heels. See if you can get another situation where under four minutes it's tied or two point lead, two point deficit. Um, because I just don't trust the coaching staff to one draw up good plays and two put their players. Uh, in positions to succeed um you know joe maz learning on the fly um don't trust him don't trust him one bit we gotta we gotta interrupt the pod for breaking joel Embiid was just named the 2023 nba mvp there you go congratulations to joel Embiid. now play in game two and and break these boston hearts um yeah now if you if you miss game two well he's either way um, but he sprained his knee. Not worthy. He's not worthy. As Jokic has goes off, but um, yeah. Either way, this is going to be a really good series. Uh, I'm happy Harden got one one great game in there. A little Houston Harden esque. Um, 
So we're going to take one more break here uh, and come back with a little Knicks Heat and Suns Nuggets recap right after this. Coming back here for a little Miami Heat, New York Knicks semifinals. Um, we never really got to talk about the uh, absolute Bucks collapse, um, but Alpha Dog Jimmy Butler, um, and then you have some some hilarious Giannis quotes about failure and success. Um, and I saw this one meme, Jake. It was. Some some kid got like a twenty out of a hundred on a test, and he tweeted at Giannis. This wasn't a failure, right? This was just another step to success. <laughs> and I just started dying laughing. Um, I, it still pains me and still annoys the the crap out of me that Giannis won a title because I still feel like my take is correct. Uh, but when you drop fifty points in a closeout game six, you kind of end all that. Um, but it would be real interesting to see what the conversations would be for Giannis right now if the stupid Suns didn't blow a 2-0 lead. Still irks me. Um, but it is hilarious. Do you think the Bucks... Oh, go... No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Do you think the Bucks would take Derek White now Warford for Giannis? <laughs> In a first? And one for you? Well, you feel generous, so one first. Let me check if the uh, salaries match up. I'll get back to you no, on that. Well... Um, but Miami stuns them. Um, you know, I would say for the time being, it was the biggest upset in all of playoffs, um, going down in five. Uh, but you add in the NHL and you have the best team ever blow a 3 1 lead. So that certainly takes the cake, um, for biggest postseason collapse out of, you know, a supposed really good team. Um, but Miami goes into Madison Square Garden, um, and does everything the Cavs should have done. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson gets in the lane, show him four bodies, three bodies, uh, box out Mitchell Robinson. Wow. Who would have thought Kevin Love can box out Mitchell Kevin Robinson? Love on your yeah, Kevin Love with four amazing outlet passes, hitting some shots. Um, who would have thought? Um and then Jimmy he's Butler. Been so he's been great this whole playoffs too. It's like the it's like the one thing the Cavs needed. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, and then you have a, a phenomenal Kyle Lowry turns back the clock. Uh, had four blocks in the second half, Kyle Lowry. Um, and Miami really just, you know, you, you see, you, you hear the heat culture and giggle. Um, but you, you have last year's run where everyone, they were the one seed. Everyone still thought, myself included, like, is this team even good? They're a Jimmy Butler shot away from making the finals last year. Um, they, they beat, they beat the Bucks this season, um, and now they have home court advantage. Um, as we are recording this, we're about maybe 25 minutes away from tip-off in Game 2. Um, Jimmy Butler is out for Game 2 tonight because he did, he did hurt his ankle. It was an ankle sprain, so he, missed, he is missing Game 2 tonight uh, in MSG. Um, but a really weird Knicks game. They have a great start, um, and then Butler gets hurt there in the fourth quarter, and Jake... The Knicks, <laughs> they know Jimmy Butler can't move, and R.J. Barrett had Jimmy Butler on him and called for a screen to get Jimmy Butler off of him on one ankle. Just a Tom Thibodeau masterclass of no one attacking Jimmy Butler on one ankle when he was pretty much a decoy. After the game, he goes, yeah, I couldn't move. 
he you saw him practicing his uh, a dry, uh, a dry warm up three in the corner, uh, which was funny to see. Um, but the Nick, the Heat win the second half by twelve points, um, and now they have home court advantage and they're three wins away from getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So what what's been your thoughts so far for Game One and what do you expect for tonight's Game Two with no Butler? Didn't watch a single second of Game One of this. Uh, for those who aren't in contact with either of us. Um, I purchased a house this past weekend, so most of the early games this weekend I didn't get a chance to watch unless I was glimpsing it from my phone. But what I, what I did notice is Jimmy Butler seems to not need to try as hard uh, this series, which is really good for him. Um, I'm ha- happy that he doesn't have to do that. He tied his lowest score point total uh, from round one uh, with, 20, with 25 points. So I think that speaks volumes about how he's played this season or this uh, playoffs. Yeah. Jimmy Butler genuinely does have the ability to be the best player on the court in the playoffs, regardless of who he's going against. He's that good. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. He showed that during the bubble run last year. Yep. And this year. Yeah. I mean, he, he, there was such a negative conversation surrounding Jimmy Butler when he went to the Timberwolves and then left the Timberwolves right away. Uh, I think that might have been Rudy Gobert's, or no, at the time, uh, Carl Anthony Towns' fault. I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, he didn't want to play with some little softies. And then, uh, and then got, goes to Philly and realized Ben Simmons, the biggest softie ever. <laughs> yep, yep. He's just, anywhere Jimmy Butler tries to leave, there's someone on that team who's doing something just totally wrong. Oh, yeah. Somebody who's not putting in the effort that Jimmy expects. And if one player who's touted to be one of the better players on that team is doing that, apparently Jimmy Butler's up out of there. Uh, which I'm glad. I like that he's like the sole star in Miami. It puts that spotlight on him. It has awoken this ability for national fans to watch and see, wow, Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in this league. He it's, is. It's a shame he got hurt, uh, so he won't play tonight, unfortunately. So I, you know, well, last last week, last two weeks on the pod, we we kept saying we didn't really touch on much Heat Bucks. We were like, oh, was, we assume the Bucks will win tonight. Assume the Bucks will win that, and the Bucks end up losing that whole series. So I don't want to assume anything. The Knicks are home. They're going to be favored. They're going to be looking to tie this series up. So it will be interesting. Um, if anything, you know, the Heat will have to have kind of a similar game plan. I just don't know, especially with no hero, where they make up the scoring. Uh, for the Knights game, they would have to have a great Vincent game, Struess game. Bam would really have to go off, which I guess is possible. Uh, but I would be picking uh, the Knicks to win tonight, Jake. Um, so I, I would have it 1-1 going back to Miami. And I, I think as of now, after game one, going into game two, I have this. Uh, originally, I had, uh, I believe I had Knicks in seven. I think that's now a Heat in six for my pick. What would be your pick so far? I think the Heat, I think the Heat's going to win this. I, uh, even without Jimmy Butler, I, I have a lot of confidence in them. I think they just, again, if this is the best coach team in the league. They have the best coach. Oh yeah, and they play with like heart and hustle. Um, every single player on that team just just purely wants to win, and they don't care about who's putting up the most points. 
Um, but they are going to miss beautiful basketball. They're going to miss the alpha dog. They're they're not going to obviously have their best yeah. player, so they're going to have to make up the scoring with Lowry and whatnot. Um, yeah. But it, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, he's back for game three. Uh, it would be really would have been really interesting to see him healthy tonight. Um, because if they, you know, if they would have won tonight, if if they still do win tonight, kind of looking at it like this series is over, and it's yeah, annoying. It's going to be like under two hundred total points scored too. It's going to be a defensive game. So annoying that the Cavs aren't playing in this series. Um, it's just the JB Bickerstaff masterclass. Kobe Altman said his job is safe. Not looking to explore any of the core four, uh, whether that's Allen, Mobley, Garland, Mitchell. They're all safe. Um, it's just so annoying that I like. It's it's so annoying. I don't think the Knicks or Miami are all that good. <laughs> I I know I that's probably a a bad take. Jimmy Butler's obviously that dude. But, like, are you really scared of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess? Bam Adebayo was peaked in the bubble. Um, and the Knicks still, I still don't think the Knicks are that good. Um, granted, Rand, Julius Randle is back for tonight's game. Uh, so that's huge for them. Um, but really annoyed watching game one, thinking this could easily be the Cavs. Um, should be the Cavs, and it wasn't. But so we both have the Heat winning that series. Uh, and then the final one we can touch on um, is this uh, semifinals would be Denver protected home court, won their first two games against Phoenix. Uh, Chris Paul did uh, groin tightness left uh, in the third quarter of game two. Um, the Suns at one point had an eight-point lead late in the third quarter. And then you have just an absolute Jokic masterclass. Um, Really, really exposed the Suns and Aiton. Uh, Jokic with 39-16. Um, and he had, if I could find it here, also had five assists. So, mm-hmm. And he never really takes, took 30 shots. His most field goal attempts the whole season. You don't really see a whole lot of that. Uh, but he could tell early on Murray just didn't have it. Um, at one point, Murray was 1 of 10. Murray ended up 3 of 15 for only 10 points. Um, and this was the one that the Suns blew. Um, Durant didn't have a great game, 10 of 27. Uh, Booker's still playing phenomenal. Um, but it, it really was a bad Durant game. Um, and, and the bench, P-U, two for 16. Yeah, the bench is, the bench is terrible. They have no, they still don't know their rotations. And, you know, this is kind of like, I don't want to give the Suns a pass because this is a game they should have won. Um, if Durant was 10% better. Um, but this is the one they're going to look back at and realize if they lose this series, this is why. Um, they still don't have the rotations down. Monty Williams, you know, to his... I don't really... It's a little different. Like, they got this team, they played great, then Durant got hurt, then he came back, like, right at the playoffs. It's not like they've had much time to gel. and. You know, whether it's Tory Craig, Damian Lee, Akogi, like Damian they Lee getting twenty six minutes. They got I mean, they gotta try somebody. I mean, they don't have right. great options. That's their problem. Um oh, it's horrible. They're in a horrible situation. Yeah. So what's going on with TJ Warren, by the way? Bubble Bubble Warren is is not good. I mean he had he peaked he had one great month. He's not a he's not a great basketball player. 
So, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, Denver's up 2-0 with Chris Paul being out. Uh, well, he got hurt, so we'll see uh, what his status will be moving forward. Uh, but how have you seen this series so far? Uh, and Denver looks like they're on their way to hosting the Western Conference Finals. Uh, this game was so boring until the third quarter. Oh, my God. Um, it, yeah. Kevin Durant took by far and away the most shots he's taken in the playoffs. I feel like it was to compensate for how good of a game Jokic was having. But his high in the playoffs this season was 19 shots. He took 27 this game. They, there is, there's more than likely going to be a correlation with this team in particular and KD taking that many shots because, yeah. As I'll just say one thing, uh, Shams literally just tweeted out five minutes ago, Suns expecting Chris Paul, um, expecting to be without him for games three, four, and five at the minimum. So campaign is going to be starting at point guard for and, this team. Today. And you can go back on your rant about son, uh, Durant and shots because now he has to take even more with no Paul. Yeah, and I think again that's that. I think that is going to be two players on this team had almost sixty shots combined. And Booker's been fantastic. Where do you? You can't. You can't. You have to get other players on your team going. You have to. And now, with, without and a have, true point guard, now they're screwed. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, this is worst, absolutely worst case scenario. It's Chris Paul hadn't been playing that good, but he's still Chris Paul. Yeah, he's he still going a, to command your offense. And he had good stretch. Like he he can't do it over games, but he has stretches where in that third quarter, um, you know, because Jokic plays drop coverage. Uh, he, Paul had like three straight possessions of wide open mid range jumpers, and that's what that's what he can't expose. Where campaign ain't exposing that pick and roll. Um, so I don't without Chris Paul, this is probably Nuggets in five. Honestly, maybe Phoenix. Nuggets aren't a good Nuggets aren't a good road team. So that's the one caveat. I think this is gonna be a sweep. You calling a sweep, dude? I the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets didn't play well last night. At all. Jokic like, played well. That was it. Jokic played great. The rest of that team played pretty poor. Aside from Aaron Gordon, who played meh. <laughs> so what is, what is Phoenix going to do to this team when they decide to play better? That, be- that Phoenix bench isn't... Yeah, they're better than 2, two of 16, but are they better than 5 of 16? No. Yeah, you 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 have to expect the Suns role players to have one at least one good game at home, a little home cooking. Um, but if it is a sweet, I mean, Jokic is clearly the best player on the floor right now. Um, but Booker has been fantastic throughout these entire playoffs. He's so good. Um, I mean, his shot creation and shot making is, you know, I, I I'm happy. I see, even with Mitchell going off this season, as you know, Jake, I always remain that Booker was the best shooting guard. Um, in the NBA, love that take. I still have that take. Looks to, to be correct at the moment. Uh, he's been fantastic, and they are they're going to need you know Durant and Booker to probably combine for probably seventy points, sixty five, seventy points in these games to even have a fighting chance, because they're getting nothing out of other their other wing spots. 
and now you don't have Chris Paul, and Aiton is, I mean, Aiton doesn't stand a chance defensively against Jokic. Not that, like, anybody does, but Aiton specifically. Aiton doesn't show toughness. He's not a great finisher. Um, nope. He's just not a great basketball player. That one thing, mid-range, that's all he does. And not even, like, a high mid-range. He takes a low midi every time. And he's he's not... You're the number one pick. Like it, it, for uh, watching him, it like, do you care about basketball? Like, do you care? There was times like I know it's just Twitter clips, and they can all get taken out of context. But there were some of like the ball getting tapped around under the rim in game one, like four people fighting for it, and he's just standing there watching. It's like, dude, you're like the tallest guy on the court. You and Durant are the tallest dudes. Like, like what are you doing? Yeah, he plays so uninvested. It's like. Yeah. There's no difference in what he looks like between the playoffs and the regular season. Like, there's no, there's no switch on that guy. Yeah. I don't think he's got an ultra competitive side. I think, and it's, I, he's a professional athlete, so he's probably more competitive than anybody we've ever met. But it's, is he to the level of his peers? It doesn't does, feel like it. Does not feel like it at all. <laughs> um, so. I will say this, though, Jake, uh, as we touched on the previous pods, um, you know, every week we can touch on our finals picks. Mine was Bucks, uh, Suns, uh, <laughs> officially out on one, officially, and the other one looks out as well uh, with Phoenix. So at the moment, I guess my, my fandom pick would be a Lakers 76ers series, just so I could watch Harden and um, Harden and Bede first. LeBron and AD would be a lot of fun, um, just in general. Uh, but a more realistic one at the moment, uh, it's it's Denver Philly. It is. No. It is. Boston. No. No, it's not. I mean, you lost. You could get the two MVPs. The well, now Jokic is the second place. The two previous years, Embiid was the second place. The allure of those two, Embiid and Jokic, going at it. Who's the true MVP? Who's the finals MVP? Um, that would be a lot of fun. But for me right now, it's clear that Denver is, I wouldn't say head and shoulders above everybody else, but they're going to have a pretty, it seems like, a pretty easy path to get to at least the Western Conference Finals, and they'll have home court, whether it's the Warriors or Lakers. They're probably going to beat up with each other. Um, and then the East, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I don't trust anybody. I mean, you like you have to say objectively. So, uh, hold on, objectively, you have to say right now. You got to trust a team that hasn't lost yet. Philly's five and zero. They've yet to lose. I'm not gonna say it. First off, you can't force my hand. And uh, the second thing is, it's so funny because going into the playoffs, we were just like, does any of the West Coast teams stand a chance against this East Coast gauntlet? And now it's like, oh, damn, East Coast kind of feels kind of soft. Yeah. Well, well the only team that doesn't look soft right now is Philly. Um, yeah, and uh, my, I, I, I'm still content with my picks. I had yeah. Celtics-Lakers, and I think that still looks pretty good. Um, I, think, I think right now there's no team in the East that you can truly rule out. And I think it's... I'm ruling out the Knicks. I'm ruling out the Knicks. <laughs> So that's I would be more than I would, that would be the most likely I would to drop them, but with no Jimmy, they could they could rattle one off tonight and tie it up. So well, I mean to actually win the East, 
the Knicks are not winning the Eastern Conference. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. The Knicks are not winning the Eastern Conference. Get the Knicks up out of here. You could probably talk me into a scenario where, you know, Hero, I think it was four to six weeks. Like, maybe if they win this series in Philly and Boston, have like a seven-game sweat. Um, that the Miami's just waiting for the winner of that series, and you could potentially get Hero back. Um, maybe Miami could win the East. I'm not ruling out anything with Miami. They don't make sense. They had the worst offense in the NBA, and all of a sudden now they don't miss threes. And who knows? I'm not ruling out. Yeah, 55% from the field. I'm not ruling anything out with Miami. The Knicks can kiss my butt. Um, and right now, you know, what? What? I obviously. Take your Boston side out of it. I know that's obviously hard, but from a just a viewership standpoint, what's the what would be your favorite like just viewership matchup that you would want? Well, still Celtics Lakers. The allure of um, it. Yeah, I think I think that would be awesome. But if we're going to say not Celtics Lakers, I think viewership wise, my favorite my favorite would be. Warriors, Knicks. Ew. I think that is disgusting. They, I think they match each other oh the best because what so they don't match it, at all. I don't think the Heat. I don't think the Heat would put up a great. Oh my god! Offensive. The Knicks would get ran the off the court. Their offense is terrible. The, Knicks, the Celtics. You told me to leave my Celtics bias off of it, so I was purposely leaving them out of any consideration. And then Philly, I don't enjoy watching either Embiid or Harden. Jesus. I don't don't enjoy watching their games. Almost fell out of my chair hearing you prefer. I'm sorry. That's just as a. There's one team, not including the Celtics, that I think would be enjoyable in the East Coast for me to watch, and that's the Knicks. I don't like watching Philly. Um, You don't want Jimmy Butler in the finals? You'd rather watch Jalen Brunson than Jimmy Butler in the finals? Well, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, and you get to see Obi Toppin have a dunk contest. Obi Toppin's terrible. R.J. Barrett, you get to see him go 0 for 5 from 3. They're fun. They're fun to watch. They Um, are not fun to watch at all. No, but still, still Lakers, Lakers, Celtics is my, is my actual answer. Um, But my non-Celtics answer, yeah, is Golden Golden State Knicks. So just hand Curry a free fifth wing, a fifth ring. What's new there? He gets another free one. I don't think I don't think the Sixers could beat him. Um. Well, the Lakers are beating um Golden State anyway, anyway, so it, yeah. it is what it is. Um. But as we wrap it up here, Jake, um, you know we're pushing another already close to another hour here, so uh, we will wrap it up now. Um. Thanks for tuning now in for an hour of silence. An hour of silence. <laughs> Um, thanks for everybody for tuning in, uh, another week of the FJ pod, um, as we have a lot of, you know, things in motion, new jobs, Jake's buying a house, no big deal. Um, still, still committed here to the grind. Um, and as we get closer to the conference finals and the finals themselves, um, expect a lot of content from all the different avenues, whether it's TikTok or, uh, the Twitter page. Um, you can see Jake's meltdown on Twitter of, you know, whether the brew, I'll throw in one more Bruins jab of, you know, they blew a 3 1 lead uh, to a pretty mid team. Um, watch hard and cook them again. We'll see. Um, but, but either way, thanks for everyone for tuning in to another week, and we will see you next week.